Hello everyone, Anthea Durand here. Welcome to my podcast, Ancestral Wisdom Evolution. Welcome everyone to this session. I'm really pleased to have here Alicia Sanabria, who's a transformational catalyst. Alicia was born in Havana, Cuba, and as a child, she lived in Madrid, Spain, before moving to America, and she lived in New York for a number of years. Since 1999, she's been living in Salvador, Brazil, and very much considers herself a global citizen. She spends a lot of time traveling the world and working with the planet to help humanity. She works with a number of spiritual practices, which includes the African matrix, shamanism, Hinduism, Buddhism, as a catalyst to bring light and well-being and peace to herself, others, communities in the world. She has a, a number of practices that she uses with her clients, which includes being an ancestral healer, family systemic constellation facilitator, which incorporates long present and past life wisdom and pure love frequency as a means of transgenerational healing in the morphogenic field. Ancestral integration healing is not only a therapy for herself, but rather a way of life. In the African matrix tradition, and as a priestess and constituent of the African spiritual traditions of Salvador, Brazil. So welcome, Alicia. It's lovely to have you here. I'm so happy to be here, my teacher. <laughs> and um, you're in a wonderful place at the moment, very near to the sea in Brazil, aren't you? On a, um, doing some lovely work there. So. Uh, it seems very warm there, so welcome. It is such a pleasure to be here and just to get to chat a bit today about yeah. ancestral healing. Yeah. So please can you tell the audience about your spiritual journey to become the, when I say wonderful ancestral healer that you are today, I know you are, um, it's not, it's me saying that because I know you have spent a lot of time on yourself and studying various traditions and I know it's something dear to your heart so uh, yeah can you just tell us a bit about your spiritual journey that led you to that yeah, the way you worded that that self-work first the self-work yeah when we are born we're closest to the divine source and then we slowly start forgetting the training education through our parents through paradigms and, and, and boxes that were placed in I think I was born in this lifetime with a little extra remembering that gradually was being chipped away at through the various systems that I mentioned but that there was this there's more there's more there's also being born in Cuba in a very communal place, born in Cuba in the 60s. Um, living in family, community, system, 
and that extended family. Since I was a little girl, I used to love to look at pictures of the family. I mean, like fascinated. And I'd be like, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? And just look at them and wonder what their lives were like, what they had been like. Here's this frozen image. After migrating out of the U.S., the whole family left together. My father went ahead a year before migrating through Spain, which was like, whoa, another place, another location. A certain remembering at the DNA level of past, present, parallel existences there. And then onto the U.S., so very different places within the first six years of my life. And being brought up within a very, I won't even mention the, the, the religious tradition, the Christian relig uh, tradition, but yeah, mother was very devout. Mother was very devout. And all of, there's actually nothing wrong because they still practice this to a certain extent. It would be Catholicism. And all of my primary school and high school education was done in Catholic school. And it was that so now it took in the early 70s in New York. It was a very kumbaya period. So it was very love and peace. And I had teachers, whether they were priests and nuns or lay individuals that were very open. And I always asked questions. What the scriptures say, only those that are of this religion. And all religions tend to preach that specifically, specifically Christian religions. Only those that are of this tradition will go to the kingdom of heaven. And that's, so I would ask things like, I mean, it was still encyclopedia, no Google then, folks. So that means like all of this percentage of people will not go, what kind of God is that? Um, and I had great teachers, so they would say, well, this is how we build our belief system here. It doesn't mean you should not ask questions and you should not explore on your own. That I took on as an invitation, um, already high school years, definitely into college, starting to explore other spiritual traditions, other religions. Probably the first one, I think this is the first one for a lot of people, the traditions of India, all the great gurus, meditation, that first put me in touch with meditation, moving on to Zen Buddhism, various Buddhism forms. I really like the Asian traditions still and they vibrate through me now. That quieting, that silencing, the cleansing of body, the mind, the spirit. So like the holistic um, factors. But I didn't really want to be in one particular religion or where it, for me, got too dogmatic. It was time to move on. And that moving on meant going through a number of traditions and meant traveling to different places. And when you're in New York, you kind of have everything there. So all of Stark was based out of, um, of there. So the first thing would definitely be that inquirer smile. You know, like, this is it. There's got to be more. But then that inquiry really comes from a certain remembrance of there are other ways of existing. So, um, so part of your journey was going to different lands and was it uh, connecting with different spiritual things there or 
So one of my life missions, I'll get to that later, but it does include travel and it's my passion. It's my passion. It's my vice. It's everything to me. And early on, I understood that every land that I went, there was a sacredness to it. And there was a, I need to sort of like sit, be quiet, silence as you're entering certain spaces. And the U.S., I know you have definitely made some pilgrimages there through the shamanic experiences. So much of it was sacred land that was built on. So much of it was historic land. It was lands of the indigenous people of the place, but it was also lands of individuals that were born from other places, often forced. But tapping into, into that, it's a really quiet place one goes into. Um, and then as I start exploring traditions with, with shamans, with so many possibilities within the United States, through the Caribbean, through the Americas, later on really seeking that out throughout Europe and Africa, you know, Australia, New Zealand, just places that is like, there's so much. I mean, this is now me adult, present stage over the last 10 years, let's say, and it's been a lifelong process. Been starting to see that everyone is saying the same thing. Just different ways. And that fascinates me. You know, that source, one, that the planet, at least the land side of it, was once connected. You see the people cross straits, or there are even oceans, seas between certain spaces. And um, so many people like to say in the world, in the spiritual world, in the holistic world, we are one. We really all are one. And that's a really fundamental principle when we're doing ancestral healing work, shamanic, quantic. Shamanism has always been quantic. There's very terms that are that are very um, fashionable right now, a hot word to use. But all those traditions have always been beyond the visible, beyond the seen, beyond the touchable. And really silencing in some cases, and others are maybe drumming, and others are maybe dancing, all of the above. Most of them really have all of the above to connect, to connect to self, true self, not the self here that others see in the physical body, but that spirit self, that soul, that is our connection to the divine source. Thank you. Could you tell the audience about one of the ancestral traditions that you follow, um, the one of the Hesipa ancestral community in Brazil? I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, Ile is a West African Nigerian word. It means house. And Asipa is a family name. And it's traced back to the Asipa family from what would on the map now be in Nigeria. And it's ancestral. It's um, known as Igungu uh, in Western Africa. And here in Brazil, too, we might just say Igungu traditions, Igungu ceremonies. And their ancestral spirits ceremonies. Mm, it's been about 20 years now since my first visiting that community. 
It's in the city of Salvador, Bahia in Brazil. And a lot of people of other traditions, like the Orishas, the various African-derived deities, and other traditions um, of the African matrix, often they don't weave together. So it was always like, oh, the, you know, the ancestral spirits, it's carefully, you have to ask permission, all that. Finally, went one day, and I was so moved. I was so moved when you don't, you know, you've seen in, in Yoruba, I don't know Yoruba, I still don't really know Yoruba. There's a lot of words I know. So many of them are in, uh, embedded in Cuban music and, and Brazilian music. And when I saw a baby being presented to, and in West Africa, they're called masquerade, masquerade um, ceremonies of ancestral spirit. Here, the word, the word masquerade is not used because there are um, representatives of spirit, those that are not on the physical plane, the material plane, but in the spirit realm. And this baby's being introduced, and I totally got it. No one's explaining. You're not like they're not stopping to tell the person who's there for the first time what this is. Actually, it's family tradition. I was invited to go there. I wouldn't have been there had I not been one of the three families that founded the ceremonies in the 1800s. And this great, 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 great grandchild was being introduced to, let's say the words that might resonate or people might understand, masqueraded spirit of a great, 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 great grandfather. And it, it, the blessing, again, all of this is just like my soul understanding, the blessing that was going on. Uh, I think about 20 years ago, it was 2000, yeah, more than 20 years ago, actually, that first visit, a number of years later, being um, invited to be a community member, a, a part of a spiritual community member. This is mostly a male tradition. Of course, the women are always part of any tradition, whether it's a, a, a male-dominated one. In this particular case, there are a number of Western African traditions where the ancestral spirits tradition are led by women. So... Um... How does it work in that tradition with ancestral work? In this particular temple, five ceremonies throughout the year. You want us to start at the year. Of course, the day of the dead, November 2nd, that more and more traditions are, are more and more people are understanding this tradition, probably more so through the Mexican traditions of the day of the dead. Souls day. There's, there's the drumming, there's the dancing, there's the certain words I don't like to use because it just seems, but the, there's the revering of those that came before so that we can be today. And as I mentioned, that particular situation more than 20 years ago, that baby's now an adult and he's about to have his own babies. But how different it is from most of the worst Western world in which we live, that from babyhood, you're presented into this temple. And it's not a temple, it's not like a church, it's a community that has their little homes around grounds that are sacred with sacred plants, that ceremonies are done to honor 
the ancestors to honor those that have done before and have permitted us to have life. So that I may not be a di direct descendant of those igums, those spirits, well, maybe I am. Let's be dive further into ancestry. We could be our own ancestors and in another life, I could have been one of those people, one of those spirits. We don't know. My ancestors could have passed through Brazil years ago and moved on to another part of the diaspora as was often done with people that came in and enslaved traditions. So where I live, my home in Salvador Bahia is on the Bay of All Saints, as they call it, I like to call it all Orisha Bay, all Spirits Bay, because so many enslaved Africans were brought in to the port of Salvador. And many went on to other places, other parts of Brazil, other parts to the Caribbean. So um, this tradition then, is it particular elders that lead the ceremonies and things like that? Or the high priest is called, there are two Alapani, they are the chief of the chiefs, the chiefs of the high priest of the Agungun tradition. There's one in Nigeria and there's one here in Salvador. Um, the elder that's most known for this tradition in Brazil that has now made, he's on the other side of the veil, say it that way, Mr. Didi, who was also an artist. Mr. Didi, you can look up his name. Um, and has, he did sculptures with definitely origins in West Africa that are also a tribute to the Orishas and the Agungun spirits. The Orishas being, again, the African-derived deities that we see throughout Western Africa, Nigeria mostly, with that specific name, the Caribbean, Brazil, South America, and now pretty much all over the world, you will find temples or individuals. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's the head priest of a specific Temple. I'm saying temple because that's the best way to translate it, but it's really a community space. And there really aren't that many throughout Brazil. And then there are the Ogés. They're the minor priests. I can't go into the details of that. One, I don't know it. And two, it's not for me to say uh, it's a male tradition. But um, in honoring, and how is that honoring done? food like we do here so we eat a lot in all of these african traditions <laughs> i'll tell you that flower offerings um wine like palm wine you know use palm wine and then this part of the diaspora because we don't have it um flowers and the biggest homage is always through music the drumming their specialty and the dance and of course the singing the incantations the honoring, the it is a celebratory. So many, some people might know of the traditions of burials in New Orleans. It's a party, it's a celebration of the person's life. In Ireland, there's a lot of partying going on. It's not that somber someone passed away. This tradition is not because someone passed away and you have, no, these are 
the individuals that have passed 1800s and their ascendance, descendants, depending on how one chooses to describe them, but the family gathers an extensive family, like someone like myself, there are more and more people like myself, part of the community, not a direct descendant of one of those spirit um, representations to gather, to sing, to remember. It's a remembrance. What's important of ceremony? Remembering. If we don't know where we come from, and that is so prevalent for so many of us in the diaspora, it's very prevalent for many people in their own home, whether African nation, Asian nation, or wherever indigenous people have been removed from their place, and now there's a diaspora of, because of various colonial processes. But in that remembrance, which many times it's think that cannot go on anymore. We have many visitors from the land traditions, the Orisha traditions, and the ancestral spirits tradition that come from Africa, and they say, my grandmother told me about this. My grandmother or my grandfather told me my great-grandfather used to do this. So society is in movement all over the world. And something is maintained. It's almost like it's placed in a certain capsule and it's continued to be replicated certain times of the year as homage, as homage. Homage remembrance from the remembrance comes our strength to move forward with pride, self-esteem, etc. Thank you. In your practice, you you also offer offer family constellations for your client. How does this work in helping clients heal ancestral patterns? Yeah, family systemic constellation, big topic. Always have to mention the name, Bert Hellinger. German, he, he left us on this side of the plane um, about three years ago, I believe it is now, three, four years, three years. Um, he spent, as a missionary, spent a number of years with the Zulus. He also spent a number of years in Mexico. So he was in places where he saw a lot of ceremony, ancestral spirits, the way that communities that live together solved issues. From the little that I knew of him, I didn't get to meet him in person. Um, but in my studies, definitely, let me just quiet. Again, that silencing, something that we say in, in family constellation and other ancestral world, going to the empty center, an empty center where the mind is not so occupied that it does not allow us to connect with phenomenology. Phenomenology, everything is energy. It's beyond just the touch and see. If I touch it, then it exists. If I see it, then it exists. There's so much always other things going on. And he said that we could say that he put this into a way that it's many use as a therapy. I use it as a therapy, but it's really so much more. Basic principles, hierarchy, those that came first are first. What does that mean? Firstborn child goes before the second born child, third, 
until the youngest child. Before them is the mother and before the mother, the father. Whenever that gets restructured and I'm the youngest child, okay, the youngest always wants to tell everybody else what to do. <laughs> and I like, the oldest, we're going to have some, <laughs> the sister. I know for my sister, yeah, my sister, youngest. Yes. Yeah. Is she younger? Yeah. And she yeah. wants to tell you what to do? It's, it's yeah. you know, like, of course, the youngest never knows how challenging it was to be the oldest. Mm -hmm. And they want to step into that position and tell everyone what to do. Boy, did I live many years in that. In, in that phase of wanting to tell us to do. The second is balance, balance. Everything needs to have a balance, a give and take. This is really important, especially since a lot of people that might listen to this might be therapists and there's often issues around what we charge for our services. Give and take, I provide a service, I receive something in return. This is very important for love relationships. Many times it's one person within the relationship that seems to be doing all the sustaining. And I don't mean that all financial, but the, the, the love sustenance, the like holding that couple or that family together. Balance, give and take, give and take. And you don't have to go crazy 50-50. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's a flow. Everything is a flow. So, okay, sometimes you do a little more than the next time I do a little more and so forth. Two exceptions to that. Parents are always going to give more than their children. That might change later on in life. When you get older and you have to take care of an elderly parent. And teachers. Teachers, professors. Teachers are passing on knowledge. They're going to always give more than their students and return. And the next one is belonging. This is big, and this is big for the ancestral healing work, the shamanic healing work. This is probably going to re resonate for you a lot, and the, uh, a lot of your other students like myself. Belonging, belonging. Every family member needs to be recognized because it's a component of that family. And how many excluded? No one should be excluded from a family system. What happens when you exclude someone? Energetic phenomena. Trying to link, I'm not sure that didn't come out. Untied. <laughs> the system is going to call attention to that missing excluded family member. How do we see this? We see this in dis-ease. This missing ease, the missing ease or flow of energy, it can be seen as repeated patterns. Grandmother had a child at 18, out of wedlock. Mother had a child at 18. Here comes the client. She's just about to have a child at 18. Repeating patterns. It's that missing, excluded family member calling attention to their existence. Everything that I'm saying here in relationship to family constellation, as I say family and systemic constellator, this can be applied to businesses, any group setting. So what often happens is in businesses today, 
all the older people that make more money and have much more experience get pushed out, bring in all the young people. You know, a few years down the line, that business that may not be holding the same space in the market or doing as well as it used to do financially. They've excluded the people that started that business. They've excluded the people that worked for years. They haven't been acknowledged. They haven't been honored. So, um, yeah, that keeping that balance. What are the principles then? Phenomenology, which to wrap it up, it's not, of course, a family constellation. Energy. Everything is energy. Things move, things exist and are present even though we do not see them, things, people. Also, the morphic, morphic field, what you would call source, that container of all history, of all beings, past, present, and future. And then there's the morphogenetic field, which is all of that history, memory, archive of a family system. And I often do this, we'll talk about, you know, how many people are here around me, stadium full of ancestors. And I also work not only in, with family and systemic constellation in the traditional way, when you choose a, a representative representing the client, the issue the client brings, family members of the client, but also work with hydrosystemic constellation in which the same issues can be addressed. The representatives, again, the person, the theme the person's bringing forth, the person, the person's parents, or the person's mate, or the person's children, whatever the theme the person is bringing is brought to the field of water actually set up a swimming pool, a small like children's pool, and there are floating dolls and the field moves on its own. And it's pretty intense wow. because water is a conductor. Water is also a source. It has collective DNA mm. memory. Mm. So with Family Constellation, Bert Hollinger would say we can see ourselves working up to seven generations before you um, with Hydrosystemic Constellation. person that channeled this, Dialameda, who is from Brazil, 13, 13 generations, 16 generations. So we're going pretty far back. Um, aside from working with that, I'm one of the few that works with it in English. I'm the only one that I know that worked with this in English, but I also teach that. And that's taught only to people that are already family and systemic constellators. After have, have the principles, have training, and have done the work, and then bring on that system. It's again, like with everything else, I'm always the lab rat. I'm the rat, little lab rat that's going to try it again. And when you do family and systemic constellation, you can get a little hooked as a facilitator and you go and you do a lot of training and I have thousands and thousands of hours of training, literally become thousands and participating in others. Um, because no matter how much you've seen results, you're always blown away with the movements, which is that morphogenetic field, 
that moves phenomenology and resonance, resonance. So things that still exist within a family system that come out in a constellation. Sounds really powerful, particularly the water. Thing. Water is very quiet, it can be very slow and very profound. And it's often, you know, it, it often blows the client's minds because they're like, what is going on and how are those dolls moving? Because, you know, they say it's from the original water that the human was born. So, as you say, the memory is in the earth and the water. So, I can imagine that if you're holding the space of that as a constellation system, uh, you know, and the water being part of that, extremely powerful and profound. Right. You must have had amazing results. Um, amazing results. <laughs> Whether in person, because actually the hydrosystemic constellation, I do online, I do it from a distance. And then there's a way that I connect so that I'm not putting my DNA and my history in it persons it's it's really 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 amazing i think in these times that we're living where everything can seem so intense and so many people can feel so alone and or not feeling well health-wise whatever and to just be able to look at an issue or what the person thinks the issue is especially with hydrosystemic consolation i i as the facilitator might not have a clue what's going on i don't need to have a clue that's when the deepest work is being done. Because there's only so much that our mental and even our spirit mm. heart can take on when it's just like, let the movement happen. Let the work be done. You know, kind of step aside and let the work happen. Those are the ones that then I get feedback on that it's just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Amazing. And that moves nicely onto if you if you would be kind of to share a case study, obviously, you know, I'm sure you have the person's permission. You're not sharing the name of... Uh, I'd never share the name. Ancestral work that's made a difference to someone's life. I'm going to talk about two different type of ancestral work. So one would be first with the hydrosystemic, the systemic concept. Oh my goodness! There's so many case studies. I know you've been. I know you've been working a lot. Is you've probably helped a lot of people. I know you've been doing this work for a very long time. But uh... this this one specifically because it was when we were in quarantine. I was starting to work online. Everything online. Actually, that's how you systemic got into my field. I learned about it, and I realized this is a great way to work online. Mental people, you know, try to figure it out, let this do the work. And a teacher, an elementary school teacher from another part of Brazil, reaches out to me. She saw a talk that I gave. And she didn't have money at the time for the energetic exchange. And as I always say to people, you know, everything's possible. And especially when you're doing ancestral work, when you already just open yourself up to doing ancestral work, things will happen. She gathered her money for three months, and it was time, finally, the day of her session. The moment that I connected her with water and that swimming pool is hers, she's just a flow of water. The tears are coming. All the movements were done, all the movements. 
and everything within the constellation and kind of the field of the people that are representing or the dolls that blood are representing um, move. They are um, creating movement in the morphogenetic field history of the person, the client, the constellee. I heard back from her pretty quickly um, because so much changed in her life. Relationships, relationship that was abusive, so that was out. She was estranged from her siblings, particularly her sisters and mother, and they reconnected. And then I heard from her a little later when further feedback, she actually reached out for me to send energy. She was a Reiki master. Her mother had been taken to emergency. And um, a little bit later, her mother eventually passed a few months later. And she's like, I am so happy that I was able to reconcile with my mother and sisters. We were all there around her in the hospital bed. And um, I would have just been another person that was anchored away from my family and in a relationship that wasn't working for me. Lovely, lovely lady. Lovely. Someone I've never met personally. And she still reaches out every once in a while. I haven't heard about her about six months. Um, in another case, in this, also with family constellation, as they say, on land. And big, this is a big one. I know you've gotten this with ancestor work. Someone who wants to get pregnant, a couple that wants to have a child, a woman that wants to have a child and is not um, able to conceive or to hold a pregnancy. And I, this a big indicator, like just do some ancestral work, whichever direction flows for you. In this case, this lady had tried, I think it, this was her third attempt for artificial insemination on the husband, blah, 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 blah. And she was so scared, she just didn't want to try again. And it was a few days to come. And she just showed up at this was an uh, in-person constellation seminar. And she showed up. My dear, wonderful astrologer had recommended her. Someone was at the door and just added her to the list where it was like, more. I was not going to do any more that day. But when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. That was about five years ago. She's got a beautiful baby boy. Mm. And... Uh, it stuck this time. It was evident with the movements in, in constellation, exactly which ancestor it was. It was from the mother lineage. It was a great grandmother. And in the almond constellation versus other types of ancestor work, a lot of it has to do with the scene. The scene. You know, there's a lot of quantum work that I do with with um ancestry, including the Vedonic Station Board. The training that I've done with you, but some people it's about seeing and it's feeling into that when someone reaches out to you about something, it's like you know, talking to them a little bit. And then, oh, I think this one's a candidate for constellation, or this one's a candidate for the shamanic healing work. And the other one, I'll just tell you one more with um, with the ancestral shamanic healing work that I learned from you, and that's quite a blessing. And, very different. I mean, the divine and the divination, the connecting many generations. These are for the people, especially for a lot of folks that may have already done ancestral work, and there's more links. That they're wanting identity. It's, that's, it's a different kind of, of work. It's like, okay, 
And when you can get a gatekeeper ancestor, a mother lineage gatekeeper ancestor, and you might even get a maid, and then you start you building your identity around that. That's phenomenal. In this case, this is a dear friend. She'll hear this recording. Yeah, did a session for her, the sessions, because it's not just one. And it was just amazing. And I mean, the things coming forward, you know, we are the dragon ladies, right? <laughs> and dragons were all over her on the, on the mother lineage. And I just like, I've never, gatekeeper asses would do like this, literally. I'm very visual. I see things very visually. Like a, like a movie, like a film. And then an ancestor would a, a, a dragon would open, find dragons in the throat, and the water dragons, and the earth dragons. And she was just like, dragons? <laughs> like, I've played like an hour every night this dragon game. Okay, this is a long time, right? We live in different countries. I did not know that. So she was like, what? Like, and then, you know, of course, we go through the lineage and what, and the story and where certain things came up in that lineage. And that same dear friend client um on the father lineage you know when that uh, that gatekeeper ancestor just doesn't want to present the name and he said da, 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 they call me blank and when i said that name again it was like what are you doing now what is what is this this is a big healer person too by the way um she's like every generation of my family last three or four generations that's far back as she goes, has that name. There's a, a man with that name in it. Mm. And then that whole ancestral story came through and quite, 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 quite strong and, you know, like really affirming and stepping into the power of the magician that you are, the power of the goddess or the priestess that you are can come up with those types Especially, you know this, Anthea, it's your, it's your channel, it's your work. And especially right now where our time and space is saying it's now. We cannot make ourselves small anymore. And when you get this work done and your field opens up and the information is coming and the ancestor gives a name that, wow. Yes, four generations of men and like from different parts of the family in a certain way that it's like, oh, why are they they're picking Ben when that's from this side of it? But it was happening. Um, that's very exciting work. And the whole divination form, because of course, when the conflict traditions and the West African traditions, cowrie shell. So when I share this with people here, what ancestral divination? What that? Pretty intense, pretty intense. And that, for me, the big one is identity. Identity. Oh, and then that other thing that I thought I would never work with, which is really the heavier, darker energies and entities and how to describe that to people and not scare them, but to know that a lot of things that are in our field are not positive. And it's not just you, and then you're not just going crazy. So right now we live in a world where it's so easy to give someone a black box remedy rather than try to get at what is really behind that. It is the same principle. There is an ancestor that's calling in attention. There's an ancestor, an ancestor that might want to be released from this plane. There are so many spirits that are, you could call them almost like, they don't realize they were, they died. 
So this is, we can let them go. We can let them know. We can facilitate the ancestors of others moving onto the plane where they're supposed to be and where they can rest. And then where those that are on this plane can also exist and rest. That's, that's very powerful. That's very humbling also. And then also doing the self-work there. Okay. So with your friend, uh, the last the last case you're talking about, what changes um, when you did that work with her? What changes did... Yeah, her big thing is finally stepping into that power of... Oh, power, yeah. ...the yeah. goddess healer that she is. Yeah. This is someone who was a mentor to me. She was... We were three friends. It was my body and spirit. And I was mine because I'm a, I'm a psychologist by training. And she was the one doing all that stuff 30 years ago, at least 30 years ago. She's a Reiki master. She did every type of Reiki there was. I've done every training possible. Yes, I'm talking about you because she'll be watching this. Video. <laughs> um, but she also has a whole other profession. And, you know, in a way, she's always had that healing work within her other work, but like really stepping out big in this is me. Yeah, this is me. This, this is me. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. So can you give you a view on why you feel ancestral healing is important in these times of planetary shifts or transformation? Oh my goodness, just within the last two days of where I am right now, the person that came through my life and the conversations we've been having and and something that I always say, and I said a little bit earlier today, no matter what kind of person you are, we really already have had this huge shift on the planet, on our plane, and, and, and in the, the environment around our our universe. So there are people that are living in different realities. It's the folks that are still like, you know, I'm nine to five. Nothing wrong with that. I'm nine to five. I'm not get my paycheck. I got my house. All of that, and that's all good. Or excessively worried about paying the bill, whatever it is. And then there are the people that are vibing at that. There's more. We're growing. The planet's shifting. Are we going to adapt? Raise our vibration. To that change, I'm going to be here worried about money and making more money, and I'm not sure what exactly the money that they're making, <laughs> running out and paying the bills. You know, those are they exist. No judgment; they just are. Um, what I'm often seeing, and have seen for many years, even before I did ancestral work in these various ways. Some of the ways we talked about today, there are others. One, a part of identity. How can I know where I'm going if I don't know where I've come from? And that also has to do in terms of planetary shift, planetary. Um, 26,000 year cycle was coming to an end, right? So 13,000 years in the light, 13,000 years in the darkness. I don't like those terms, by the way, but that, so that everyone or a lot of people can understand. And we're at that toward the end of that 13,000 in the dark end. So it's going to get dense and intense. It is dense and intense right now. So if we think of ancestry as other moments and times and other existences of thousands and thousands and thousands and millions, maybe 
years ago and tapping into that. And I think that was in my DNA when I was young. It can be very Pollyanna and very about community and spend all of my life. And this led to a lot of the, the travel work, like living in harmony, living in existence, going back to that trade. I do this. My, my part is service through healing work, toward well-being work. You raise crops that I need to eat and back and forth. And will we go back to that system? I highly believe we will go back to that system. I highly believe we will um, allow ourselves to be our true frequency, our true frequency and vibrate that rather than at this nervous, constantly running after or something that at the end of the day, we really don't know what it is. So therefore it becomes endless. And ancestral work is really fundamental in all of this. From the immediate ancestor, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, to the long-time ancestry, or to that when I'm at my Candomblé house, which is the you know, Orisha traditions, and I see those ladies on the wall, and I've been told by my astrologer, you know you're one of those women. Like, I don't need to know, but it's highly likely. I know I've had other lives in Salvador Bahia, and so what? So what does that mean? You know, like, who was I, and what do I need to activate at this time where it is quite intense and dense on the planet for me to vibrate something else? And am I vibrating at a frequency of light, sun energy, cosmic, universal source that can bring someone else through? That's ancestral work as well. So we're talking about ancestral work in the individual realm, obviously family and all that comes around this plane and other spaces and time. Because I can be, we talked about this, we talked about this training, the training with yourself. We can be our own ancestor. Um, and we're at a space and time in the contingency that's a spiral and not linear as we tend to think of it, where it really feels, let me know how you feel about this, Anthea, like we're living 10 lives and being able to resolve 10 lives at this time, if one so wishes. But it means doing the work. Well, yeah, I know for myself, um, I brought most of my gifts from all my past lives into this life, and it's probably to try and do, like finishing off and try to do whatever I'm here to do by having all that those gifts from past lives here now um but yeah it is uh I know the planet has always been through a lot of things but it just feels a very critical time and I, I do agree with what you say about uh transformation is about knowing your past it's about it's about bringing you know kind of like when we say mastery it's about knowing where we came from 
and that wisdom and things we need to heal in order to transform and evolve. And it's not just in this lifetime, but it's a remembrance. Yeah. We and of course we have many gifts as well. Of course we have many. It's not all about trauma and terma. It's, 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 we have many gifts from ourselves or ancestors that uh, we can call forth. And part of being able to embody that fully is to heal some of those wounds from the past. Completely. And even the traumas, because as human beings for many existences, if things are okay, there's no incentive or push for something else when you can be in, it's okay, why would I mess with that? So traumatic experiences, the word mm. traumatic has been defined to be what it is, are there to propel us? And where do we propel ourselves? Are we going to forever? And I know there's been a lot of pain, trust you me. All hasn't been a bed of roses. That's for sure. Am I going to wallow in that for the rest of this existence and probably others because we'll create it then again? Or that's where my strength is. Divine Mother, Father, God, Goddess, never gives us more, puts more in our plate than we can handle. The resiliency and the force and strength of all beings on the planet, but a human being is incredible. And from all of those push type of situations, trauma, suffering, whatever those kind of, those words we use to define these moments, that's where the most opportunity lies. And that's also what sparks remembrance. I know a lot of people that went through some pretty intense stuff and they realize that they were later, many years later sometimes, that as painful as what happened to them, it was also an initiation process mm. into other levels, into other connections. Sometimes we got to be out of the physical body and experience, kind of that. Then we tap into all the other things that we can be tapping into: sun energy, stellar energy, divine source energy. Because otherwise, we would not have survived. So that's <laughs> not the easiest initiation, but only at that yeah, moment you have your physical body into your, and past your etheric body and into that spirit body and be like, oh. And we probably had that experience in various lifetimes in different ways. And this is one that's like, do I really want to let this go? And to a lot of people that will hear this, it's like, what is she saying? But then watch it again. Look for patterns in your life. Look what's going on around. When I wake up and we're like, I wake up here and I'm like, whoa, thank you. I wake up in my house, in my bed, I got bed. I slept, even when I only slept two hours. You, you have know, a roof but... over your head. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's and everything what, that happened. What a provision that is to have a roof over your head, to feel safe, you know. That's privilege. 
We live in privilege if we just have that, basically. Or if you'll be watching this and you have a computer or a cell phone that you can watch and not. We're really like the privilege. Well, I don't know what percentage that is of the world population and so forth and so forth. And when you look at some of the humblest people or spend the time with some humble, I like use humble, I don't like the word poor. It's poor. <laughs> they don't know they are. They just live a simple existence and they can be so happy, even with a empty stomach. Mm. Often they live in community. And I know a lot of people with a lot, with a very full stomach and a lot of money in their wallet, and they are sad, depressed. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got to pep talk yourself sometimes too, and enough, and do the work. And there's, and this is this is really at a head thing right now. It, it, it is it is a planetary thing. It's an individual transformation going on, transmutation. It's a collective transmutation. And it's planetary. And it involves all the beings on this planet. It's not just humans. So connect to something. If you can't do it on your own, and most of us can't, I have the mentors me. I'm talking to one right now. Otherwise, I couldn't do this all the time. When I get a little sad, that's the day I put on all my orange, yellow, and sunshine. And I go look for something that I can be of service to someone else. And then you realize just how much you have. Mm. I know that in my coaching and, 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 and spiritual mentoring work, um, you get that person who's unemployed. I'm like, go do some volunteer work. Oh, why would I do that? I need money. You got to do something with your day. They go into volunteer work. And they get that call, that interview from the months ago that they thought they hadn't gotten the job. You gotta do something. <laughs> Be useful. Oh my God, you don't have a job, so go do something else useful. Something you always wanted to do, study something. The last three years we've lived through, Anthea. Oh, look, that's how I met you. That's how I got to amazing. Yet another amazing technique that is beyond possibility of an excitement that I get to share that with other people. Or was I just going to sit there and so watching yet another Netflix movie? <laughs> yeah, okay, so you did that. It's okay. But then now it's time to, you know, get off the couch and do something. Study something. Teach something. We all have something we can teach. Mm. Let's do the work to raise the vibration up so that human beings can be human again. Yeah. We stepped away from it for a bit. Thank you. Um, yes, can you, you've given us so much wonderful information already, but can you uh, share a simple way that, uh, and safe way that the audience can connect with their ancestors? I think what, sitting a few moments before we start talking and what I would want to share as that would also bring the magnitude of what ancestry is. So some of this talk today has been animated and some has been strong and in your face, but this is a good moment of just like, ah, why yourself can place your feet firmly on the ground, spinal cord erect, close your eyes. 
Just some simple breathing. Inhale through the nose. Hold the breath. Exhale through the mouth. Hold the breath. And just keep repeating that breathing pattern or whatever breathing pattern works best for you. Remember that in the inhale, your stomach region, that diaphragm expands. And on the exhale, it contracts. Diaphragmatic breathing. The way we should really breathe. Not shallow breathing. Now we read this reflection. Stay in that state of calm, peace, observing your breath and listening to these simple words. In order to be born, you needed two parents, four grandparents, eight grandparents, 16 great, great grandparents, 32 third great grandparents. Gonna go, gonna go so forth up your ancestral lineage. 64, 28, 256. Breathe into that. Start feeling the expansion of your ancestry and presence with you. 512, 1024, 2048. Before you were born, 12 generations previous to you, you had a total of 4,094 ancestors. That's the last 300 years. Over 4,000 ancestors, 300 years. 1723. Pretty present history and relationship to the history of the planet. Let's go a little further back. Fourteenth generation. Thirteenth generation. Nine thousand eight thousand one hundred and ninety-two. Fourteen. Sixteen thousand two hundred and eighty-four. Fifteen, thirty-two thousand five hundred and sixty-eight. Sixteen generations before you, sixty-five thousand one hundred and thirty-six. Seventeen generations breathe into that. 
130,272 ancestors. 18 generations before. 260,544 ancestors. 19 generations ago. 521,088 ancestors. Breathe into that. Feel all of their love and support. 20 generations before you were born, 1,042,176 ancestors. 20 generations before you, over 1 million ancestors in 500 years. 1 million ancestors. Therefore, the statement, we are all one. We are all interconnected. We are all family. We can all extend our hand, a smile, a loving glance to anyone we pass. Knowing that 500 years ago, 15,023, still relatively recent history, especially in relationship to the history of the planet, we each individually have one million ancestors in 20 generations. into that, you are not alone. You're loved. You're wanted. You're cherished by many of those ancestors. And in paraphrasing of that Bert Hellinger quote, you are the dream that your ancestors dreamed. And I asked, I ask you, and how are you being? And so it is, taking a deep breath, reinvigorated by thousands of stadium pools of ancestors rooting for you for your strength, for your joy, for your happiness, for your forward movement. And so it is. Ashe, amen, namaste, aho. Absolutely. Very, very powerful. Each going back and you could just feel that love and connection and power really really amazing
Like it's it's a, like a I think they're going like this to us, the clapping and silence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a transmission. That's the amazing thing that a lot of people don't realize is even the mere fact of acknowledging you've got an ancestral lineage, how much closer they come. It's really, really, really lovely meditation. Thank you. And I have our audience to to practice that and particularly to listen in times of uh, when you need help, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling alone. Because by doing that, you'll just feel such a wonderful, powerful connection. Yeah, thank very you. Very It's really, really nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> So, Alicia, I know you speak a number of languages. I think it's, yeah, Spanish, English, and Portuguese. So the reason I say that is that uh, I know at the moment the podcast is in 14 countries at the moment. So I say that to the audience so they know that if you're a Spanish speaker, for example, or an English speaker or a Portuguese speaker, that Alicia can help you in your own language. And... Um, on that note, how can the audience contact you um, if they want uh, to receive your help or or any of your sessions? What's the best way they can contact you? I'll give you two methods of contacting me. One would be my Instagram, Unlimited Wellbeing Catalyst. I think it'll be in the link. And also, and you could direct message me, right, please. And my email, unlimitedwellbeing at gmail.com. Sometimes well, it takes me a minute to get back to you, but I'll get back to you. <laughs> well, well, you know, I'm cheating all over the place, you know. <laughs> It'll be worth the audience waiting for that connection to have a, a session with Alicia. But I will. the podcast. Yeah, that in the podcast. Um, information and also on YouTube for uh, the audience to contact me. Is there anything else you'd like to say um, uh, or share? You know, I was already so excited to get to see you again, but that last little thing, it's also because numbers are so magical and it started feeling like all these codes were coming through. It didn't start feeling, codes started coming through through the numbers. And the vibration is very high right now around my field, and I hope. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. It was with me when, and I'm thinking she's just saying a number, and like I can feel all this energy. I'm like, it's just a number. By the way, I'm crazy about numbers. I'm like, oh well, numbers are. Yeah, numbers are good, and their frequency. Exactly. Always uh, check in what year vibration I'm in in every birthday year. What. And, it, and I am like, in fact, my vibration is the same as the planetary vibration. So when the earth is in a one, I'm in a one. When it's in a two, I'm in a two. So, and I really feel those different vibrations um, of my, you know, each time I go through the various numbers. Um, so, yeah, so it's interesting when you were saying all those numbers, as I say, there were frequencies, but 
it'd be interesting how that generational frequency is related to a collective, you know, it just came to my mind kind of thing, you know. The vibration, like, this is the first time the vibration went to where it went, doing <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, let me try, just keep grounding. I was really trying to dig my feet into the ground because I can go so out there. Pretty cosmic and stellar in my way and solar, but it was so expansive. I felt like everyone who was going to listen to this who knows what moment in time, in the spiraling time, but just for the two of us generated that. Imagine when this starts reverberating as more people listen to the podcast and see the YouTube. That's the healing too. On that note, I kind of feel that, uh, well, maybe you do already, but it, for me, it's kind of feeling like group transmissions, you know, it's like clearing the field. So as a group, you then clear the field, you know, as a group of people, let's clear the fields of everything in the room of group, you know, you're calling the beings and you Send that transmission. Let's lift the whole negative form of fear from, you know, this collective that's here. That's what I mean. It was like, as you felt the vibration and maybe something you'll meditate on later, that <laughs> there was like, maybe, I think, you may do it already, but having groups of people where you kind of, you know, using that techniques and other you know, with your guys thinking, yeah, what's let's lift, and then of course from the group of people in front of you, and then like, okay, so now we're going to intend for the land where we are. You know, you'll feel guided, but that's what I feel. The big part of my work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one of my one of my gifts is. The word, the sound, the vibration, oh, yeah, yeah, spoken, yeah, yeah. it's a vocation. Mm. And that came really through mm. strongly where I am yesterday. I got to visit some of the, the indigenous lands of this region that has been so overdeveloped. It's lovely, beach town and all that. But the person, you were just trying to get to the waterfall. And then we were in this old blessing. And the man is from that, the ancestors of that place for years. And at the end, it, it just... Out of nowhere, you know, Andy, I don't know where it just gets mm. so big. And I just realized that I needed to hold his hands. That's all the only way I could say thank you. We're leaving his land. And, um, and then I, when I did hold his hands, I realized <sighs> there was a little extra need for love there because he's been holding that space for a long time. And people would try to take the land, whether that's in his field or not. And then it was just like, and he got it and he bowed his head and he's like, thank you for the blessing. And I was like, you know, your answers were the blessing. And then it became this exchange. It was another friend there and she was just like, and she's also Miss Amazing Holding Space. And it can be so big and such little, what appear to be little actions and little actions of big actions. And I just think it's maybe that's the last thing I want to say to folks that are here is, don't think you're not enough. So you're more than enough and you're bigger than what you are now. So imagine that. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I would say 
be brave to heal your um, ancestral patterns in the safety of the right person that's helping you uh, because it's it's worth it, it is worth it so Alicia thank you so much it's been uh, wonderful you know hearing your wisdom and connecting again and uh, I highly recommend to the audience that you uh, get in contact with Alicia uh, to help you with your ancestral healing. So thank you, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you.